About 30 years ago, genetically modified foods came with the promise that they would solve world hunger and use fewer pesticides and herbicides while they were at it. Did they live up to their promise? No, not at all. Not only have GMOs not increased crop yields or decreased the use of pesticides and herbicides, but they've been shown to have created super weeds and super pests, which actually has led to higher amounts of using herbicides like Roundup on our foods. The increased use of herbicides and pesticides has been linked to increased digestive disorders, neurological problems, inflammation, and cancer, not to mention serious problems to farming communities, wildlife, and our food quality as these toxins leach into the fields, groundwater, and our food. Listen in today to find out why you want to avoid these poisons at all costs and what alternatives you can choose at the grocery store. Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Well Podcast. Do you want to know how to eliminate exhaustion, brain fog, and bloating? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling, why am I so tired? Are you over being told that nothing's wrong with you and your symptoms are just a sign of aging? Hey, I'm Lisa Smith, functional medicine dietitian with a thriving holistic health practice, and I've been there. Overwhelmed, in pain, and defeated when my doctors insisted that nothing was wrong with my health. I knew something wasn't right and desperately wanted to find root cause solutions to feel like myself again, but it seemed impossible. So I took matters into my own hands and researched holistic health solutions to my exhaustion, inflammation, and gut problems. And now I want to share these life-changing solutions with you. In this podcast, you will find that radical health transformation comes from small steps in learning the right foods and nutrition for you healing your gut and dialing in your mindset so that you will be feeling better than ever. Hey, welcome back to the Pretty Well Podcast. I'm Lisa Smith, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. Today, we're going to talk about GMO foods. They're very controversial, so are they good for us or bad for us? Because when you search them do a Google search on them, you're going to find people completely polarized on opposite ends of this subject. And I got to tell you a story. I, several years ago, was asked to speak to a group of educators on holistic health. And I was doing what I always do. I'm very passionate about what we eat and um, what we put on our body, the lotions, the cosmetics, the personal care products because what we put in our body and what we put on our body make up a very large portion of our epigenetics, right? So genetics load the gun and epigenetics pull the trigger, meaning yes, you have your genetics, but your DNA is not your destiny. Your epigenetic choices, which is nutrition, lifestyle choices, how you choose to take care of yourself, that turns on and off genes that are either beneficial or not. So you have a lot of control over your health, regardless of what your DNA says. Anyway, I digress. Back to my story. I was speaking to this group of educators about holistic health, and part of the talk concerned GMOs. And I shared my concerns with GMOs and that I recommended at that time, and still do, that you avoid GMOs completely because of their health effects. And at the end of the talk, 
a lady raised her hand and she berated me because she said her family was a family of farmers and I was completely off base and this has helped their business so much and they didn't have a choice and that there are no health concerns whatsoever. To which I thanked her for her opinion and said, I respectfully disagree with you wholeheartedly based on the research I've done and what I've seen. And I left it at that. And honestly, I left that presentation that day and I was so bothered by it because I thought, how, how could you not know how damaging these things are to our health, to your health, to your family's health, the farmers who are planting this stuff, to the animals that are on the farms. I, I mean, I just was blown away until I did my research and I started looking up effects of GMO crops on farmers, effects of GMO crops on farmers' health. And guess what? The vast majority of it that you will find is pure propaganda. And it tells you that it's beneficial and that it increases crops and it's going to feed the world, which since it's been around for decades, I'm just wondering why it hasn't yet fed the world. Because decades ago, we were promised that these crops would feed the world. And I'm sorry, but that has not happened. And are, we are no closer than we were 30 years ago. So anyhow, that argument is a bunch of bunk. So as you do this research, if you want to look up what I'm talking about, you're going to find the same thing that it's, it's beneficial for farmers and it makes them more profitable and it helps them prevent weeds and grow more nutritious crops. That was, that was at mic drop. Absolutely not. And then it says it is, oh yeah, they could put certain nutrients into something that doesn't already have it, but at what cost? Because when I tell you what happens and how GMOs not only are developed, but then how they are grown, you will see that nothing could be further from the truth. Oh yeah. On paper, maybe it will show additional nutrients that weren't in a tomato or an apple. But when you look at the whole picture, absolutely not. That's not true. And then just to back this up a little bit more, look up what countries have banned GMOs. I have a 2023 review right here, world population review. And here's what it tells us. In the European Union, the following countries have banned GMOs. Wait for it. France, Germany, Austria, Greece, Hungary, the Netherlands, Latvia, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Bulgaria, Poland, Denmark, Malta, Slovenia, Italy, and Croatia. So you tell me, are they all crazy? <laughs> I don't think so. I think when we start to unpack what's really going on with GMOs, you will see why it is a really big deal. Right now, it's estimated that more than 75% of the processed foods, possibly more than 80% of the processed foods you buy at the grocery store contain genetically engineered ingredients. That's a lot of foods. When we were growing up, you know, GMOs weren't even on the radar. That's because there was hybridization and that's different. A hybridization 
of an apple takes two different kinds of apples and it brings together different characteristics of each of the apples and makes a new apple. Same with tomatoes, same with lots of foods. That's not the problem. That's not the concern. It's when you take completely different products, either they're either different fruits or vegetables or grains or animals, and you're starting to put cross-species genetics in. So they would never, ever go together and they would never, ever be a new thing that you could just hybridize. Back in 1994 is when these frankenfoods actually kind of started the first food that we that I know of was a genetically modified tomato and they called it the flavor saver. It became the first commercially grown genetically modified food approved for humans consumption. If you look from then to now, the list is quite long of foods that we get at the grocery store that are GMO foods or genetically modified organisms, genetically modified foods. They're also now called bioengineered foods. Just to give you an idea of what some of those crops are, 92% of the corn grown in our country, even the stuff you'll find sometimes on the roadside, 92% is genetically modified. It's called BT corn. Now the BT is a toxin and what they do is they put this BT toxin into the corn seed. So the corn grows with the toxin in it so that when certain insects eat the corn, their digestive systems explode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what BT corn does. I know that it is not possible to extrapolate, well, what happens from an insect to what happens to a person. But if you really think about it, if it was designed to explode an insect's digestive system, regardless of what it does to us, it cannot be good. And think about all the gut problems we have seen in the past 20 years. If you looked at a graph of people who suffered from IBS and IBD and other gut problems, dysbiosis and other disorders, you would see that graph spike within this past 20 years. So definitely GMOs have played a very significant role in what's happening to our digestive tracts. So anyway, 92% of corn, 94% of soybeans. Think about our processed foods. What are the main ingredients in there? Corn and soybeans. So Onward we go. 96% of cotton, and you might think, oh, you know, what's the big deal with cotton? Well, cottonseed oil is another vegetable oil that you'll see in lots of processed foods. Let's talk about the safety of GMO foods because it is controversial. You'll read on both sides of the story. Some will say it's completely safe, doesn't harm humans whatsoever, and then you'll see the complete opposite. There have been court cases where Monsanto, the original owner of Roundup, now Bayer owns Roundup, which the active ingredient is glyphosate. But there have been lawsuits where farmers have sued Monsanto for cancer from using so much of this Roundup. There's an Institute of, of Science and Society, and their position on this is that it is clear that ge genetic modification is inherently hazardous 
as it invariably results in unpredictable and uncontrollable changes in the genome and the epigenome, meaning in an inability to know ahead of time what is going to happen to our DNA and even to the systems of our body. When we look at pros and cons and, and the quote unquote benefits, you're going to see as we go through this more that the cons definitely outweigh the pros. You modify organisms by putting combinations of animal, plant, bacteria, and virus genes into the organisms that would never naturally occur there. And one of the main benefits to GMOs is that it results in higher crop yields. That is true to some extent, but it used to be that farmers could save their seed, right? So even if the crop yield wasn't as high, they weren't buying the new seed every year. Well, now GMO seed has been patented, meaning they're not allowed to save it from year to year. They must buy it. And Monsanto has even sued farmers, even farmers who never bought GMO seed, but, but a neighboring farmer did. And then the pollen came over into the non-GMO farmers' fields and started growing GMO crops, those farmers have been sued for seed piracy from these huge corporations with deep pockets. Sure seems like a David and Goliath situation when you really look at it. So in 2016, there was a bill signed. It was controversial. It was a standard for labeling GMOs. And it, it, it was the first step in helping us as consumers know, is something a GMO food or not? Because we need to vote with our dollars. So that was the first step. Nobody was really happy with it. It wasn't clear enough. So the people who were growing GMOs didn't like it because they didn't necessarily want that to be advertised because consumers, hands down, don't want it. They don't want GMOs. So once you had to label it, you know, of course they didn't like that because that meant people weren't buying their labeled GMO foods. But then the people who are anti-GMO, they didn't like that it wasn't clear enough on the label. It didn't have enough information. So another change took effect in 2022, where GMO foods are now known as bioengineered foods. This 2022 law is called the National Bioengineered Food Disclosure Standard. It's on the federal level, and it's to give people more information about whether or not their food is GMO or bioengineered. It's supposed to give us more transparency and the option for QR codes to let us know if something is GMO or not. Now, when you're looking at the foods with barcodes on them, say the produce, and you know those numbers down at the bottom, well, if it's just a four-digit number, like say celery is 4838, it's not, I'm making it up, but say it is, then that's a conventionally grown stalk of celery. If it's 94838, that means it's an organic stalk of celery. If it's 84838, the eight indicates that it is a genetically modified food. If you see it that says eight in front of it, then you can know that it's genetically modified. So what foods are we talking about? I already mentioned corn, huge, soy, huge, and cotton, huge, right? But what else? Canola, over 90%, I think it's way higher than that, of canola oil, genetically modified. 
alfalfa. Doesn't seem like a big deal, right? You're not making alfalfa for dinner tonight. However, the cows that are grown conventionally that we then eat later as our hamburger and our steak, they do eat that alfalfa. Their systems are being also harmed because of these genetically modified foods. Sugar beets. Again, does that sound like a big deal? You're not making sugar beets. That's different than beets. No, that is the majority of our refined sugar comes from sugar beets. It's not from sugar cane anymore. It's from sugar beets. Again, over 50% of that is genetically modified. Papaya. There's GMO papaya. How about zucchini and summer squash? Animal products, of course, conventional meats and dairy because of what they eat. And then apples and potatoes. That's a partial food list. There are more, but this gives you a really good idea of what you want to start to look for. Some other food ingredients and processed foods you want to look for, vegetable oil. You've heard me say this before. Vegetable oil is very inflammatory. Just cut it out of your list. Replace it with extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil, organic ghee, but yeah, Get rid of vegetable oil, get rid of canola oil, cottonseed oil, soy, corn, all those. Also, processed foods that have that ingredients come from soybeans. You'll see a lot of protein bars and shakes will have soy protein or soy protein isolates or soy isoflavones or soy lecithin. Those, if they're not organic, they're GMO. And then things like corn flour, corn gluten, corn starch. How about corn syrup and high fructose corn syrup? Those things are in so much. You want to be looking for all these ingredients so that you can avoid them. And let's talk about why. Let me talk to you about the background behind these GMO foods. So I told you about the BT corn, right? So you definitely want to avoid corn. And that's one thing you've heard me talk about the dirty dozen and clean 15 list. That's one thing that really surprises me because sweet corn is on the clean 15 list. So if you ever come to my office and see me and I give you that list, I'm always crossing out sweet corn and saying, buy it organic if you want to eat corn because over 90% of it is GMO and you don't want it. It's that BT corn. Now, what are the other concerns that I have? Well, just quickly, just to tell you how these products are grown, soy is called Roundup Ready Soy. The Roundup Ready Soy, as a seed, there's a form of the glyphosate inserted into the seed so that it makes it immune, almost like a flu vaccine makes you immune to the flu, at least the strains that are going around that year. It's the same idea. It makes it immune to Roundup. So then what they do is they air dust those crops with massive amounts of Roundup. So everything around it dies except the soy. And then do you think they wash that soy after they harvest it? Of course not. They don't. And it's systemic. It's in the plant. It's on the plant. You are eating tons of glyphosate. Again, the active ingredient in Roundup, when you eat things like Roundup Ready Soy, and when you're having canola oil and all these things that I've talked about. So I want you to know, why is it a big deal? Well, well, this is part of why it's a big deal. And in a minute, I'm going to talk to you about the, the risks that come from how these things are produced. 
But just as an aside, you probably have seen on some of the foods you buy a little label that says non-GMO project verified. And what that means is that gives you the most up-to-date standards on a food and whether or not it's using GMO ingredients. They use a third-party administrator to evaluate the food and determine if it meets these non-GMO standards. So what it actually means is it has not been genetically modified and the ingredients in it have also not been genetically modified if you see that it is verified. It has that little that little label on it. They also have a non-GMO project shopping guide that I've, I'll attach in the show notes, so you'll get to see that as well if you wanna click on that. I've told you my concerns about how these things are grown. Let's talk about the possible impact on human health. Number one, one of the biggest ones is allergic reactions back in the day. How many people did you know had to be gluten-free or dairy-free? or nut free. Now it's an epidemic. It's because our food supply has changed, which has had an impact on some of our bodies, a very significant and severe impact. And even if you're fine eating gluten, I guarantee you because of the amount of glyphosate in wheat and gluten, it is still causing inflammation. Now, if you can tolerate gluten and you do an organic version, like an Ezekiel bread, have at it because that's that's a great option. But look at all the increases in allergies. Look at all the increases in gut disorders. When you start to put these together and you realize that, that one of the biggest concerns about these products is that they increase allergies, well, that makes a lot of sense. Here's an example. There have been soybeans enriched in the amino acid methionine. Well, that would seem like a good thing. Again, that, like I said earlier, yeah, that sounds like on paper, you're adding nutrition to the soybean. But what they found, they pulled the amino acid from a gene isolated from Brazil nuts. Still sounds fine, right? But what they didn't realize because they couldn't foresee what the science would do and the impact on human health is that some consumers who have allergies to nuts started having allergies to these soybeans and severe, and they wouldn't have even known, they wouldn't have a problem with normal soybeans. But because now we're mixing things, it has caused allergies to increase significantly in an unpredictable way, which can be very difficult. Another interesting study was about 100 people live next to a BT cornfield and they developed respiratory problems where they were having problems breathing from the pollen that came from the BT corn. They ended up with skin problems and intestinal reactions. And blood tests show that 39 of them made an antibody from their immune system that was an anti-BT toxin antibody. So their immune system was mounting a serious response to this BT toxin. Another thing, there were villages close to where this BT corn was planted. And what they found was that many unwanted symptoms showed up in the people who lived in the villages. Again, respiratory, skin, intestinal, and they also saw a higher number of animal deaths where this BT corn was planted. So allergies on the rise, antibiotic resistance. In a review published in 2009 called Health Risks of Genetically Modified Foods, it talks about how 
these GMO foods increase antibiotic resistant genes in the crops. They become resistant to not only pesticides and we get these super weeds, but what they're finding is these antibiotic resistant genes it's possible that they can actually be transferred to human gut bacteria, which could cause us to increase our level of antibiotic resistance. Another very concerning issue with these GMO foods is cancer. In 2012, in the Journal of Food and Chemical Toxicology, there's a paper called Long-Term Toxicity of Roundup Herbicide and a Roundup Tolerant Genetically Modified maize, a corn. It looked at the possible effects of a GMO corn diet related to cancer. And interestingly, it ended up being retracted, but then republished in 2014 and shows that the rats that were fed for two years with this corn developed many more tumors and died earlier than the rats who did not have that corn. And it also showed uh, that rats that had it added to their drinking water, which that makes me very sad that that kind of research has to be done, but they also developed tumors when Roundup was added to their drinking water. The female rats ended up developing large mammary tumors, so breast cancer, and the males had four times more tumors than the control group. Interestingly, some of the tumors were cancerous and some were non-cancerous, but the concern with the non-cancerous ones was that they got so large and they and experienced hemorrhaging and compression of vital organs, as well as once they hemorrhaged the release of toxins from those tumors. So again, cancer and then a loss of nutrition. So this directly contradicts the argument for the, the benefits of GMOs that says that they can add nutrition. What has been found over the years is that there are increased levels of things called anti-nutrients in GMO crops. And anti-nutrients are those things that block our absorption of nutrients in plants. It's like in spinach, there are oxalates. Those are anti-nutrients. And what can happen is if we eat too much spinach, it can block the absorption of the good nutrients in spinach, too much raw spinach, not cooked. Those oxalates can, can actually rob us of some nutrition. What's been found with GMO crops is that they're higher in anti-nutrients and that they have lower levels of the actual nutrients we want from those foods. Okay. One more thing, toxicity. The Center for Food Safety sums it up. And what they say is genetically modified foods are inherently unstable. Every time you insert a new gene to something that didn't have it before and doesn't go with it naturally, what we're going to get from that is going to be random. We do not know enough about what's going to happen to say we can say it is safe and that we've done it in a safe way. It's like playing food safety roulette is what they're saying, hoping that the new genetic material doesn't destabilize a food and make it hazardous. It also says it creates the, the additional possibility that a formerly non-toxic food could become toxic. As we look at these concerns, I want to share with you what animal research has found with GMOs, because it's also mind-blowing. With that 
first tomato I talked to you about, the flavor saver from 1994, what they found was seven out of the 20 rats back in the day who were fed that tomato for 28 days straight developed stomach lesions, meaning their stomachs were bleeding. Another seven of them died within two weeks and were replaced in the study. In another study, rats fed BT corn for three months showed significant unfavorable changes in their blood cells, their livers, and their kidneys. Another study, mice fed uh, BT potatoes ended up with intestinal damage. In Germany, there was a farm that was looked at where cows were being fed a diet with a significant amounts of genetically modified corn, the BT, and 12 of them died. I have to look up how many there were total because I don't know. But anyhow, they're attributing it to the BT corn. Mice-fed Roundup Ready soybeans had significant changes in their liver cells. Again, it goes back to the liver. Other mice-fed Roundup Ready soy have had significant changes in their testicular cells. And some even showed that they became sterile. This is funny. In farmer run tests, cows and pigs will repeatedly pass up the GM corn. <laughs> well, they're, they're smart, right? They know something is not right about it. So they're like, yeah, no, give me the old stuff. Thanks. I'll, I'll pass. So anyway, what do you do about it? Well, first of all, organic foods are not allowed to have anything GMO in it. So whether it's 100% organic or if it's made with organic ingredients by law, they must contain at least 70% organic ingredients and 100% of the ingredients may not be GMO. So the first thing to do is definitely the foods that are GMO, the ones I've talked about, and I'm gonna sum them up at the end, make sure you're buying those organic. Here's another good point. When you're looking to buy your dairy, your meats, if something is called organic, whether it's dairy or meat or whatever, that animal cannot eat GMO alfalfa or corn. So when you're looking to buy your animal products, if you stick with organic or if you buy locally, they may not have the organic label because it's very, very expensive to be able to be certified organic. So if you buy your meat locally, you are way ahead of the game. Then you can ask the farmer, what are you feeding your cows? Because then, you know, whether or not it's getting GMO alfalfa or GMO corn, if it's mostly grass fed, you're in pretty good shape. So that's another option because I have had people get back with me and say, hey, I raise cows, but I can't certify them organic. Fair enough. Is it good humane practices? Are they eating good food? Are they mostly grass-fed? That kind of thing. Okay. So organic, that is number one. Are organics perfect? They are not. There's overspray. It's not perfect, but the thing is, it's better than the alternative. Okay. Number two, choose items that say they're non-GMO project verified. When you see that, you know that they're not GMO. Now, a little fun fact, that doesn't mean that they haven't been sprayed with pesticides. You still always have to wash your produce, always. And again, this goes back to what I just said, shop small, shop local. When you do that, even if the farm is not certified organic, but if you find that they're practicing healthy farming techniques and not growing GMO crops, 
awesome. That is the way to go. And it's better to shop local. It's better for your local economy. It's better for small farms and it's better for you. So that's another thing you can do. Now, to wrap it up, you want to make sure you read labels carefully, especially on things like your snack foods. And you want to look for commonly bioengineered ingredients. Another link I'm going to put in here, the Center for Food Safety has a list called the Big Five to avoid unprocessed foods. I'm going to link that. And another resource, the Center for Food Safety's Shopper's Guide to Avoiding Genetically interfered, or interfered, my brain, genetically engineered foods. I'm going to link all those. You can have those at your fingertips. But the top ones you want to avoid corn, all kinds of corn, corn starch, corn meal, corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, and then even sweeteners such as fructose, dextrose, glucose. Those can all come from corn. Beet sugar. Remember, the majority of our sugar, unless it's Specified as cane sugar comes from sugar beets, and many of those have been genetically modified. Just make sure you're making that distinction. Soy products, make sure that they are organic always. Canola, which is also called rapeseed oil. I just avoid it as much as possible. If it slips into, say, an organic salad dressing and it's organic canola, okay. But just for the most part, avoid it. It's highly inflammatory. And then cotton and cottonseed oil. Just to wrap it up, GMO, genetically modified organisms, avoid them as much as possible. Look for food that's the non-GMO project seal. One last thing, while we're on the topic of glyphosate, these two products aren't so much GMO, but they're exorbitantly high in glyphosate. All oats in this country and chickpeas. So those are very, very high. There's been a study done on them that's very high in Roundup or actually the active ingredient glyphosate. So when you are buying oats, buy organic. Remember, they sneak into everything, Cheerios, protein bars, some protein drinks. Make sure your oat products are all organic and your chickpeas and your hummus. So for today, that's what I'm charging you with. Check out what you're buying. When you buy the top five, make sure it's organic. Let me know what you find as you become an ingredient sleuth. Thanks for hanging with me today. I love talking with you. As always, continue to send me your comments and your questions. I love to make podcasts based on them. And I look forward to talking with you next time. Until then, stay pretty well. Bye. Bye.